Monday morning and welcome to Connect, California MBA's weekly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. I'm Dustin Hobbs, communications director here at the California MBA, and it's October. And our theme for the month, uh, this uh, month coming up, we've got, uh, I think, four episodes uh, scheduled right now. We're going to be talking to some great uh, entrepreneurs in the mortgage industry, folks who have built businesses and have a lot of great uh, insight and feedback for whether you're an aspiring uh, company builder out there or whether or not uh, you just kind of want to hear the uh, successes, failures, lessons learned, all that from uh, some of the top, uh, top folks in the industry. We've got a lot of great interviews lined up. So October is going to be a fun month. Uh, before we get into the conversation this morning, however, let's uh, thank our sponsors over at Incelerate. Incelerate helps lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement. The industry's most innovative customer experience platform delivers lead management, sales enablement, engagement, a robust mortgage-specific content library, and data intelligence all in one comprehensive and highly scalable platform. Incelerate delivers dynamic technology, strategy, and content for every channel of your business to ensure engagement throughout the customer's journey whether that be with your borrowers, your referral partners, or any other party to the uh, transaction. The dynamic enterprise uh, solution seamlessly fits into your tech stack, whether that's phone integration, POS, LOS, servicing, data enrichment, due to the advanced API connectivity, modern design, and open architecture. So gone are the days of managing multiple and separate systems like your CRM, your marketing automation, your lead management, and having your data trapped in those silos. The innovative platform allows you to provide your internal and external customers timely, relevant information based on data intelligence to build repeatable outcomes at each stage of the customer's journey. So bottom line, close more loans, improve borrower conversions, enhance customer retention, transform your customer acquisition lifecycle, uh, life and create customers for life. So for more information, visit Accelerate.com or uh, better yet, make sure and follow uh, Josh Friend on LinkedIn. He's always got a lot of great content on there. And uh, it seems like every five minutes, he's got another post with another great interview that he's done or uh, some more data that the company's released. So make sure and follow Josh there on uh, on LinkedIn. All right. Well, let's get into the conversation. I'm excited to welcome in uh, two guests today. Usually we do uh, one-on-one interviews, but today we've got uh, two guests and uh, I'm excited to hear their uh, hear their story. We've got uh, Arvin Vijay, CEO at Consolidated Analytics and Brian Gale, president at Consolidated Analytics. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Great to be on, Dustin. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's get started at the beginning here. Uh, tell us uh, for those that uh, maybe don't know your background, uh, let us know a little bit more about you and how you got into the industry to start with. Well, I, I'll go first, Arvin. Um, Arvin is a, a industry veteran, so he got into the business a long time ago and is a is a well known entity in the space. I'm more of a uh, sort of a tireless entrepreneur, if you will. I've been in a few different industries and. I got into the business sort of uh, accidentally, if you will. An investment banker approached me. I was looking to buy a business, uh, and geography was one of my main criteria, if, if you will. I, mean, I wanted to find something that was local. I didn't want to commute that far. I didn't want to move. Um, and then I was looking for a business that would cash flow out of the gate even after my SBA loan. So um, sure enough, I was introduced to an opportunity in the mortgage space that was originally mortgage credit reporting actually i bought a mortgage credit reporting company back in 2002 i guess it was and uh, ended up selling it to land america um, and that that's where i got my original taste for for the mortgage industry all right well and then arvin everyone knows you but uh, for the you know one or two people out there that maybe don't know yet uh tell us a little bit about your background 
I don't know Dustin about that, but I'll give a quick background. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an accountant by trade, so don't hold that against me. But uh, back in 2000, I got into the origination business and uh, from there I've been at uh, Morgan Stanley running the uh, vertical integration of uh, Saks and Mortgage and then later on. That's where I learned how to be an entrepreneur, how to think like an owner from the then chairman John Mack and then when the crisis happened in 08, built a business, sold it uh, in the default crisis, uh, sold it in 2013. Then here, here I am at uh, Brian and uh, building another successful company here together. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of that, how is, uh, I know that, uh, you know, you guys, you're kind of hinting at, uh, at uh, where your, you know, relation, your business relationship got uh, kind of kicked off there. But, uh, you know, I know that, uh, you know, the relationship you guys have had there has been impacted by health challenges. And for those that maybe don't know, what's the story behind that? Marvin, if you're cool, if I jump in on this one. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, right after uh, we acquired or acquired Consolidated Analytics, after we had sold the um, the mortgage credit reporting company, the same investment banker approached me again and said, "Well, you're one for one in this industry. What do you know about the HVCC and appraisal management?" And I said, "Absolutely nothing. Is it close to home?" And he said, "Yeah, it's not very far." So we took a look at it and we acquired uh, Consolidated Analytics. Um, unfortunately, shortly after I was diagnosed with stage four squamous cell cancer. Um, and I knew I was in for a long battle there and probably not gonna be that efficient as a uh, operator of a business. And by the grace of whatever, a, a mutual friend introduced me to Arvin, who obviously, as we all know, is an industry vet. And he basically approached me, I didn't know him at all and said, look, you work on surviving and I'll work on your company. And he just jumped in, no pay, no contract. He said, you get healthy, I'll run your company. As long as you survive and I don't ruin your company, we'll talk about you know equity share later on. Sure enough, uh, I survived and Arvin grew the company while I was uh, not there. And so when we got back, he had a lot of leverage with me and ended up, I think, getting a great deal and bought in. So today we're 50-50 partners and uh, it's been an awesome experience for me to have a partner and share in the ups and downs the whole way. Wow, that's, I mean, it's almost like a, a story when you talk about the, the ups and downs there. I mean, you, you typically hear a story like that spread out over maybe 20 or 30 years, all those ups and downs, but you guys had it just compacted in the first first couple of years, right? I mean, it's, I mean, it, it, I mean you talk about your relationship you know, really, you know, solidifying and hardening and, and uh, building that relationship in a hurry. I mean, that must have just been quite the experience. And it's it's truly an inspiring story in the industry. It's not one that you hear, hear very often. And it really is a testament to both you guys that, uh, you know, you're able to go through that and now come out and you're still a successful business partner. So uh, thanks for yeah, telling us. It was amazing. I mean, Arvin fell from the sky for me. And I mean, I can remember back in the days when he would drive me to my radiation treatments, drive me back to the office, be taking calls both ways and in the hospital. And then I used to sleep under my desk because I was so tired from the treatment and he'd wake me up and send me home. And we did that for six months, I bet, five months. That's back amazing. in 2014, I think that was. Yep. In fact, I mean, he gives more credit than I deserve, but you know, I did not want to be 
you know, for me, it was, I sold a business to Indian public company. I had non-compete. Appraisal management was a business that had no competition. And he gave me the chance to build something. But then we said, you know, I don't want to be in the AMC business. If you would help me, let me grow other verticals. And he's like, you know, no problem. Let's go do it. You know, it's like, you know, it's, we are united. It's so easy to get things done. It's not like a typical partnership that, you know, there's people going two different ways. So even today, you know, that's the certain reason for success for all the people that want to be an entrepreneur. Uh, that's a great story. That's a great story, guys. So, you know, speaking of uh, entrepreneurs, just more generally, what do you think, uh, from your perspective, now that you guys have both built you know, successful businesses and even before Consolidated Analytics and now certainly with the company, what do you, what would you say are some, maybe some of the key characteristics that every successful entrepreneur that uh, you guys have run across, you know, has just kind of within themselves? So for me, it doesn't have to be entrepreneurs. Even if you work in a company, you need to think like you whatever you're doing, you take ownership and think like it's your money. If you do that, you're going to be successful and the company is going to be successful, right? And then if you step that and see as an entrepreneur, you need to learn any startup you do, you need to learn to fail fast. You cannot hold on to it and think it's going to come around, it's going to come around. And when you know it's not going to come around and then there's no chance to even survive or start another successful startup if you hold on to the failure, right? You know, like Henry Ford said, you know, you don't drive a car in the rear view mirror, right? So you fail, move on, right? And look at in front and then, and I'm sure Brian has other stuff to echo, but you know, that's my thought on being entrepreneur. Well, I mean, it's it's funny because a lot when someone asks me a question, most of my answers I got from Arvin about fail fast, uh, learn to to embrace failure and move on and dust off, and you know your war wounds are what what are going to make you stronger and faster and more successful, and the uh, you know drive through the windshield, not the rear mirror. I hear from Arvin all the time, and I hear him pass it along to our younger generation at our office, and. Um, you know, entrepreneurship is, is difficult, though. You have to have thick skin. I mean, I can remember draining part of my kid's college fund to make payroll and in the early days. And, and there's not every personality that can handle that. And one of the things that I recommend to anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur is get a partner. Like, I obviously got very lucky. But if you have a partner of, uh, of equal stature to yourself and you can go through the highs and lows with them, I think you, your, your, your opportunity to be successful is, is much greater because you're not just working in a silo and no one to <clears throat> communicate with about, you know, highs and lows. And so one of the keys to entrepreneurship for me is to have a partner, an equal partner. Uh, that's so, an interesting perspective. I mean, you hear all the time uh, folks talk about having mentors, but uh, I mean, you're talking about, you know, taking that to a whole nother level with uh, an equal partner and, and stature. And, uh, and sort of the, the ability to, you know, talk things through on a real-time basis and, and not just kind of a, 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 from a mentor-mentee uh, perspective. That's, that's interesting. Um, just to add to that, right? Brian and I have had, I think, right, three successful businesses. But 
we have equally started to get a total of like at least 10 startups and we have failed in seven, right? And if you take a baseball analogy, batting 300 is awesome, right? But people who are listening saying it's right, being an entrepreneur, oh, they were lucky they can go all three of them were success. No, you know, that's the reason we got to tie back and say fast and we were able to get three off the ground. Yeah, no, that's that's and a great great point there. One thing I would add to that too, um, if I were to talk to young people, you know, moving down the path of entrepreneurship, uh, I always try to impress upon them to celebrate the victories because they don't come easy, and when they do, typically you're moving on to the next one or next uh, task. And um, you know, we like to take a breath and say, "Wow, we did achieve that goal," and actually celebrate the victory. You know, the 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 old adage that uh, when you look back, you know, it's about the journey, not the destination. It's so true. So, you know, every little victory along the way, we like to take a breath and recognize what we did and recognize the people that helped us do it. Do you think that that helps you uh, in those times when, as Arvin pointed out, when you're failing at a 70% rate or, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood, do you think that is that what carries you through those, uh, those failures is remembering the victories and, you know, kind of seeing that in your mind's eye for the future? It's, it certainly helps because the failures are hard. Yeah. So, you know, in uh, in building all your businesses, I'm curious, what uh, what was maybe the biggest hurdle, aside from the, obviously the uh, the health uh, health issues you went through, Brian, what was maybe the, the biggest, you know, uh, financial or just company building uh, hurdle that you guys, uh, um, that you guys faced and how did you get overcome it? You want me to go, Arvin? Sure. I think for me, the biggest hurdle is uh, that we're in a, a service-based business and it requires a lot of employees and it's difficult to motivate, you know, on a constant basis, a team and employees, um, the, the whole situation with the recently with the, the, you know, the remote work and keeping people motivated um, for, for better or worse, we've ended up in a very people intensive business. And I think for me, the hardest part is, is keeping the team motivated, keeping the right people in the right seats, doing the right job. Um, you know, sometimes I wish that uh, Arvin and I had moved more towards a technology platform as opposed to a people-based uh, service business. But I think we've done the best uh, we can with all the, the outside influences happening. Uh, but motivating people is a, is a difficult task. Well, the fact that you guys are still standing, I think, is testament that you guys have done something right when it comes to managing people. Because I think there's a lot of, obviously, a lot of companies out there that either haven't survived the last year or have not done, uh, not done nearly as well. Um, so, I mean, if you look back now at uh, maybe some of the hurdles in, in building, maybe not even just consolidating analytics, but maybe some of the other companies, um, maybe what was one decision that you made that looking back you would have done differently, or maybe one that uh, you look back and it was a tough decision at the time, maybe a fork in the road. And you feel like you made the right decision and you do the same thing again if you had the chance. You want to take that one, Arvin? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the last deal when I sold to an Indian public company, right? It's all about thinking about timing and doing the right thing by you, right? But if I look back, I wish I never sold it, right? 
because having the right partner, like going back to Brian, what he mentioned a few questions ago, right? When you have the wrong partnership, right? Then the growth doesn't come or fuel the momentum later on. Whereas here, right? We have the, it's all about chemistry, right? You've got to have the partner. You've got to have the suite of products. You need to have the forefront of the business that what you are looking into it and how you're going to solve the industry's problem. Though people is an issue, people, right? But how do you convert a service-based business and you have to continuously think about it and how can I reinvent the world, right? And adding technology because this is the industry that lags in technology, right? It takes a lot of time because I hate to say that a lot of old schoolers, you know, they're still in the business. They don't want to change, right? And for us to change and bring the efficiency, right? It takes a time. So that's where the younger generation we bring in and fine tune the company with the blend of balance of experience and young talent, right? Turns the momentum into this industry um, you know, even with California MBA, you know, we are doing these innovators conferences and all this, and I assume it is actually helping to change the path, right? So that's what I would say, having the right partner, right chemistry, and then how do you pivot a service business into a different? That makes sense. I, mean, I, I think I would, I would add to that, Arvin, um, things I would do differently. There, there were a couple opportunities along the way, and hopefully there'll be more coming up, but where we could have acquired technology, proprietary technology, or built out technology. And, uh, you know, we chose to go the route of the third-party SaaS uh, model with another provider. Um, I, as Arvin mentioned perfectly, there is a lot of old schoolers in this industry and a lot of old thinking, and the people that are that are delivering the new technology to make lending more efficient are winning and we want to be at the forefront of that, not just servicing it. So looking back, I, I can recall a few opportunities where I think maybe Arvin and I should have, you know, left the shallow end of the pool and dove in and, and didn't, but we are now. So I, you know, again, the scar tissue, I think we've learned from that. Um, and then the second part of your question, what would I repeat and do again? 100% partner with Arvin. That's an easy one, huh? Um, yeah, that's a layup. <laughs> there you go. So uh, I, I'm curious, what, um, I mean, you guys have built the, the company fairly recently, but uh, if I was, you know, gonna build a business today in, in 2021 and, and maybe even first quarter of 2022, I was looking forward to that. What um, maybe unique challenges do you think that uh, today's entrepreneur faces that you know, maybe even you guys did just a few years ago? For me, I, I think again, you know, Brian is awesome at this, but you know, building a business, you gotta have right balance of sales and as well as operations, right? But in the environment that we were in prior to the current environment, less competition, more less regulatory compliance issues right and it is easier to go and get post 2008 or prior to 2008 right prior to 2008 you could get a master servicing agreement with a bank or non-bank or anybody any of your clients much easier not not a lot of scrutiny and you can get into the business 
now post 08 you could have the best technology you could have the vc funded right those days we don't have those you know we are putting our own 401ks on the line nowadays you got cash behind it and we see large clients large vendors who has the best technology in planet but try to go through a info security questionnaire or getting a vendor management approval checking all the compliance and regulatory issues occ cfpb it's it's very difficult right so you've got to have the right team and right things there should be a sweet spot for a bank or an unbank saying these guys are rock stars i'm going to tell the vendor manager to get these things approved without vendor management you could have the greatest technology greatest fun behind you you cannot break that barrier. I, and I would say to add to that, today's world of, you know, full transparency and accountability and social media, uh, the, the old days of, you know, being a wildcat sales guy or snake oil salesman are gone. I mean, people know everything immediately. So um, the, the, the salesmanship has, has sort of come off of the business a little bit um, in the sense that, uh, everything's exposed. Like the, the days of Bill Gates selling an operating system that he didn't yet own doesn't happen anymore. I mean, people know too much. They immediately are on LinkedIn. They know everything about you, the name of your kids. Um, that's what one of the, I think the difficult things for the new, new young entrepreneurs is your whole life is exposed and your business is exposed and there's, there's nothing behind the scenes anymore. Yeah, no, no opportunity to build that curtain in front of the Wizard of Oz there, huh? Uh, yeah, the, the hamster and the habit trail is out in front on, you know, on the screen. That's right, that's right. Um, so uh, uh, pivoting here a little bit, uh, we talked earlier about, um, just briefly, about uh, uh, mentors. But I'm curious, uh, from your guys' perspective, again, having built several companies, and I think you guys, I would imagine you guys have both been mentors and uh um, been mentored yourself. Um, how important is that? If I'm again, if I'm a, another a young entrepreneur getting ready to start a company, and maybe I, you know, I'm considering whether or not I need to waste time in my in my uh, point of view, waste time, you know, kind of finding a mentor and really building that relationship. Do I really need to you know, spend time doing that or not? What's what's your answer to that? Well, I would jump in and say mentors are extremely important. Uh, they've been extremely helpful to me and Arvin. Arvin's kind of one of my mentors, actually. But um, I think a unique way to look at it is I would focus on some of your mentorship coming from people that have had failures. I think you learn a lot more from those people than, you know, there are, there's plenty of people out there that the first swing of the bat, they hit the grand slam, and now they think they're Babe Ruth, right? I, I would focus more on people that had some failures because you're going to learn a lot more from them than the guy that thinks he knows everything. So if I look back, I've had two or three very impactful uh, mentors along the way, and I think I've learned way more from their failures than their successes. That would be my advice to a, a young entrepreneur is, you know, find some real people out there. You know, I'm what, 50 years old, Ryan. In 20s and 30s, you know it all. Right, and and when you hit the 40s, right. So for me, I cannot agree more with Brian that mentorship is so important. Even now, 
right? You know, I go into Brian's office and say, hey, I had this discussion, what do you think? And then I go in the evenings and I talk to my, even now I talk to my mentors that are so important to me in my life that, you know, what do you think? Because that old school mentality of wisdom that they impart on you, right? It's so important. Not only that, you know, when you build a relationship, you have to learn to not expect anything out of it. So that way, you're purely building a relationship, and then that person is going to impart on you without expecting anything. And I'll always tell them, you know, guys, you should never forget the ladder you climb, right? So mentorship is so important, and Brian is doing a fantastic job right now leading our younger generation of people coming into CA because that's like, you know, he walks, talks to them, even without them asking, you know, he wants to guide them because of the mistakes we made and we didn't go to the mentors immediately because we were young. Now we look back and say, you know, those were the great things that happened to us. So mentorship is paramount. Uh, I think you make a good point, Arvind, about uh, even some of the, uh, maybe the, the old school thinkers in the industry that, uh, you know, again, it's one of those things where you maybe don't, you're not going to take 100% of what they say, but the wars that they've been through and the companies they've built and the things they've been through, uh, there certainly is more than enough uh, valuable insight that you can take from them. Um, whether or not that's, you know, you're going to use, again, 100% of that, I think it's just even just bouncing ideas off them and hearing their feedback and getting their input, I think it always makes a lot of sense. Um, so, Arvin, you kind of uh, uh, hinted at this, but uh, what uh, what are you guys doing uh, at the company there at Consolidated to uh, help bring along the next generation of leaders and you're being yourselves the mentors now and uh, sort of ushering in that next generation of innovators in the industry? So I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here, Arvin, because this is the part of the company that gets me the most excited. Um, a while ago, uh, as this, this industry has been evolving with, with COVID and the pandemic and moratoriums and all that, um, our due diligence division really took off. So in the diligence space, we sit between buyers and sellers in the capital markets of, of big pools of assets, whether they're performing, re-performing, or non-performing. And uh, we have to do loan level review and QC of the files. And, you know, there's some technology that can help, but at some point, somebody has to put eyeballs on each file and there just aren't enough underwriters out in the market available right now with the low interest rates and the way everything's going. So we sat around for a solid month trying to figure out um, how we were going to solve for this problem because we were, we were letting so much business go every month, turning it down because we just couldn't facilitate. And so we came up with an idea to go after new college grads and we called our university program. The thought process was, you know, we get people out of uh, business school that understand spreadsheets and Excel and pivot tables, and, but they don't have any bad habits, right? They haven't been in the industry for 30 years. They're sponges, they wanna learn. So uh, over the last six months, we now have 30 recent college grads from five different schools. Um, we draw a lot from Chapman here in Orange County because they're four or five miles away from us. And we probably have, you know, I'm gonna guess, but 15 of our 30 people came from Chapman. And they're all junior analysts. They learned a skill from a subject matter expert who works with us. And 
uh, it's so exciting to see they all come into the office every day, um, whereas, you know, a lot of employees, and maybe rightfully so, but they're not coming in. This group of, 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 of young, you know, post-grad, we call them the kids, but they come in, they have, you know, their school flags flying over their computers, they have competitions, and it, it's super exciting. As a matter of fact, one of our guys just got uh, recruited away to another company. And, you know, we sat around for a second and we're disappointed that we trained this guy and lost him. But then after thinking about it, we were excited that, wow, we did it. Like we, we taught this young professional a skill and sent him off into the world and he got a promotion. And so then we said, you know, that's what we were trying to achieve. So it was so exciting. You know, we, we, we were able to think bigger picture and, and realize that's the whole goal here. So when I go into the office every day and walk past the two rows of these, uh, you know, the, our university program, it, it really excites me to see them. They work in pods and there's a group think and they're learning fast and it, it's very exciting. See, that's, that's a, go ahead, Art. When we recruit somebody, we want them to not have a job. They want to have a career. Like Brian said, you know, that person moved on and now he knows there's a career that is, that it's not like they shouldn't wake up and come here. Like, they should be happy there. These kids are, right? You know, I shouldn't be saying kids. These young associates are amazing and they're glad, right? You know, it's a testament to how we have grown. You know, we have grown over year over year. And in the last three years, we have grown 119%. A lot of companies can say during pandemic, we grew from 25 people to almost touching 500, right? Since June, we have hired 200 people, right? So this is even with unemployment uh, benefits being uh, not expired. So we have done a great job and a testament to all our people in our division and key leadership from HR to revenue officer to the whole thing. They have done a fantastic job to grow it. Have you guys noticed that? I mean, that's a huge influx of, uh, of staff. I mean, have you guys noticed, is that, has that really changed the culture of the company or have you seen the new university uh, grads sort of uh, you know, melt into the, the existing culture? I would say it's changing the culture. Um, there's, it's fresh blood and fun and energy. And I think, I'm seeing some people that have, you know, worked for us for seven or eight years that were sort of set in their ways now having a, a fresh outlook and excitement to it. So the energy level is high and, and it, it's definitely, we're, we're moving that direction where, where the entire company is feeling the energy and the feeding off of it. It's, and it's especially hard today with, with the remote workforce, right? So like Brian and our head of HR asked in our group session last week, if you can give a 30 second elevator pitch, what would you say? None of us were, I mean, we were saying, okay, we are doing things that uh, the banks or the non-banks don't want to do it. And we are doing it at outsourcing services. One kid in the audience said, you know, we are like Amazon in the mortgage in origination and servicing business, you know, we do anything and everything and we deliver it, you know, and it's like, it's just coming out of their mind, you know, how they think, you know, we wouldn't think that way, what we are offering, right? We are just struggling to even tell what we do 
when the client goes and writes to sell to somebody or even a friend ask or even my wife doesn't still doesn't know what I do. But these kids yeah. look, say, wow, we have a different product and service that we are offering and it doesn't have to be in the mortgage spectrum, it's in the financial services. That's a great perspective. I mean, I can't I mean it's gotta have it it's gotta bring a different uh, you know perspective to the company when you've got you know such a huge percentage of your workforce now that has grown up in the Amazon world and doesn't remember a time without internet or I mean I shouldn't even say internet without high-speed internet and uh, I mean so it's got to bring, bring such a different uh, vibe and such a great uh, new perspective uh, thanks for sharing that guys um, so last question we're, we're about out of time here but uh, I want to finish up with a, a question for you um, Consolidated Analytics has been a member for a long time. Arvin has been on our board of directors for a number of years now at this point. Um, so if, and we're actually right in the middle of our uh, uh, membership month for uh, October for the California MBA. We're going to have a great uh, promotion going on right now, 25% off uh, new members uh, dues. And so if anyone's interested in that, you can go to joincmba.com. But uh, for those companies that may be on the fence or maybe hadn't thought about membership and are listening to this, what would be your uh, your pitch to them as far as what what do you guys get out of membership? Why do you uh, continue to remain a member year after year? One, I'm passionate about what Susan and you do. I cannot, and most importantly, the networking that people are not doing. It's like we talked about mentoring and all these things, right? But there's a lot of industry veterans that has a lot of good stuff. Right, you know, it's, and networking with people. You cannot do these things in this being in this industry. You cannot be doing it in silos. So by belonging to California MBA, you meet new friends, new colleagues, new new innovations. Right, you know, and you end up collaborating with things, not competing. Collaboration brings success. Competing. You know, it's only healthy competition is great, but but collaborating and I mean we do a lot of business with a lot of competitors because we collaborate, right? So it is important, to, and I urge everyone to join. It's a small percentage of your line item for a bigger portion of your success. So I would urge everyone to join. You know, let's not count pennies, right? Join to make larger success in the organization. That's a, that's a great answer. Thank you, Arvin. All right. Uh, again, uh, thanks for uh, joining us, Brian and Arvin. Great, uh, great conversation. Great to hear uh, your perspective on entrepreneurship and, and building the business there. Um, so thanks for joining us today. Dustin, it was a pleasure. Dustin, I understand you're moving on. Congratulations. Good yeah. Luck. Uh, uh, this is our my final podcast. Uh, I was actually going to mention that here in a minute, but sure. Um, this is our, our final podcast uh, with me as the host. Uh, Susan will be taking over as uh, our host of Connect next week. Um, and thank you for uh, mentioning that, Arvin. It's been it's been a, a joy and a pleasure to, to host the podcast for the past year, year, year and a half now um, and get to know, you know, so many great people in the industry. It's been maybe one of my favorite things I've been able to do in the last you know, 16, 17 years I've been at the California MBAs really get to know a lot of the uh, the folks in the industry. There are so many great people in the mortgage industry, and I, I, I've i been very blessed to be able to uh, get to know them better. So thank you, Robert. Appreciate that. Entire, entire board will miss you, and Susan will miss you more. 
than anybody else and the membership committee. Thank you for everything you have done. I look forward to seeing you on Monday. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. If you enjoyed the conversation here, make sure and subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And we'll be back again next week for another episode of Connect. We'll see you then. Here we go.